Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. The two biggest complaints I hear from entrepreneurs today are, I can't find good people, and when I hire people, the skills don't match up. Now, the first issue, not being able to find good people is an easy one to solve. You're fishing in the wrong ponds. Posting and praying may work for some roles, but the more crucial roles require more creative tactics be deployed. Go to where your audience is interacting regularly. Hint, that's not job boards. The second issue, skills not matching with the person represented in the interview is a huge indicator of a poor interview process. Too often we want to hear confirmation bias and we quickly move to get the person to accept the position. Never digging deeper to understand the what, when, and how of a person's work. Remember, the purpose of the interview is to understand the truth of the person across the desk from you. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders like our guest today, Mr. Ashish Rampal. Ashish serves as the president and CEO of All Imaging Systems. He brings nearly 30 years of experience delivering high growth among service and green tech companies. His passion for bringing strategy and innovation together has fueled a long list of leadership accomplishments. Ashish has risen to complex challenges where he has crafted growth strategies, tapped new emerging markets, and energized global teams, with many successes coming within turnaround environments. His leadership approach reflects his deep expertise in creating and leveraging teams that are driven to innovate and excel which is what makes Ashish the perfect expert for today's topic. Ashish, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Excited to be here. I'm happy to have you. So another EO member, which is totally awesome. I love the EO community and Ashish is actually the coach of my forum or my accountability group, which is awesome. He does a fantastic job. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. You've always brought amazing insights and given a perspective that I did not think of when it comes to hiring and building high-performance teams. So excited to be in this conversation with you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Today, we're going to discuss how to find the right people outside of job boards. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about how to dig deeper on skills to gain evidence of competency. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this is a perfect conversation for me to take back some nuggets. I want to hear some of your nuggets too. So a few weeks ago, we started doing this thing where we have our guests share a hiring story. And I've gotten a lot of really good feedback that people love it. I wanted to bring that to you and say, hey, if you could share with us good or a really bad hiring story that maybe you made, and we'll talk about a little bit about the lesson you learned from that. Yeah, I've got both good and bad. I, I've learned more about myself from the bad stories because that's given me insight. So let me share a bad story. Sure. I brought on someone. This was pre-COVID. I brought on someone that I felt had the right attitude and he was missing in skills. I met him a few times and he showed me commitment verbally that uh, he's willing to learn, he's willing to adapt and put in the extra time to uh, build up his skill set. And it just so happened that uh, he didn't measure up. And what ended up happening is I tried to move him around in different roles. He started where? He started as a repair technician. And then where did he end up? 
He started as a repair tech. I moved him into a service technician role because he didn't need deep electronic repair skills, but more system skills. He didn't fit there. Then I moved him into operations. He didn't fit there because he felt that was not what he wanted to grow in. And I was just trying to find a place for him because we were expanding. I was bringing on new hires and... um, I just tried to keep shuffling him around. What happened? You let him go and... I let him go eventually. And I think, uh, you know, I've heard it so many times, hire slow, fire fast or something to that effect. And I did not let him go quickly enough. And uh, the w- w- what I noticed was that I am covering for him. So whenever in politeness... Folks would bring up an issue with his performance or his ability to perform the role. I would ask for more time, give him some more time. So you were covering him? I was covering him. What did that do for you in the eyes of your other employees? I didn't realize at first, but I think um, I lost credibility as a leader because I was expecting high performers to carry the weight of a medium or a low performer. I wouldn't say he was a low performer, right? Like he's, if I were to say A, B, or C performer, he was B, right? But that doesn't work when you got a whole slew of A players around. A players around. <laughs> no, but they don't want to work with B or C players. Exactly. And I think had it been a C player, I would have had an easier time letting him go. Uh, you know, there was uh, empathy in my heart, perhaps. His wife wasn't working. They were expecting their second child. So there was a little bit of that yeah. that played into my um, keeping him longer than I should have. But to uh, go back to your question, I think I um, I wasn't a decisive leader that my team expected me to be because I was encumbering them or encumbering their uh, progress by burdening them with with weight. I so see that. I've seen that happen a lot of times. You didn't lose anybody as a result of that. I didn't lose anyone. That's good. I didn't lose anyone. And thinking back, I have so much more respect for the guys who stayed because they were trying in their own way to communicate to me that, you know, this guy's not a fit. So nobody came forth and said, please get rid of this person, otherwise I'm going to quit. No one said that. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> Unless they have another job lined up. What did it end up costing like financially for me? So let's say, you know, I kept him on six months too long. So that's... Six months worth of salary. Of yeah. Salary benefits, so maybe about 40000 But, you know, what's like nice in is... Real you, dollars. Were yeah. you able... I would imagine what's nice is that you were able to recognize the fact that, hey, look at I probably killed some of my credibility here. And then you can go back to your team and regain that. Yeah, I think that's a better word, credibility. Yeah. I lost credibility. Uh, the reason I think it's a good learning experience for me is I then was able to bring those folks in into the evaluation on the skill set side as we brought on new team members. So it forced you to actually change your interview process. Interview process and make sure that there's an active engagement of the team members in evaluating their peers. Now, quick question. Was that person brought in through a job board or did you guys find the person? It was a referral somehow? Job board. Everybody knows who listens to the show. I'm not a big fan of job boards. However, we do get some people that do come through that do make it from time to time. But I think the best way to spend your time is not just posting and hoping somebody shows up and just focusing entirely on that, especially in this market, because it's so hard to find people. I loved your introduction to the show today. You're fishing in the wrong pool. And yeah, 
it's 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 a struggle exactly. it's a struggle rick like you know it's something that is natural call it easy but it's not working Here's the nice part about this is that we've got other resources. I've said on the show before, as an entrepreneur, if you just focus like an hour of your time a week, just to reaching out to people through various channels, maybe LinkedIn or meetups or some other avenue, that opens up a whole nother pool of people that aren't getting reached out to by other companies, but they're probably getting reached out to by recruiters. And part of what I'm learning through this whole process is that never stop looking for A players, right? You don't stop when you make a hire. You should always be looking yeah. and, you know, build that skill. How do you fish in a different pond? Get Build up your fishing skills, right? So don't stop when you make a hire. Learning lesson, what was the most important thing to your company that you learned from just relying on that, that one source of candidate flow? Got to look different. Yeah. Got different avenues, uh, referrals, somebody who's a high performer here, listen, do you have any friends? You don't even have to ask for friends. Just ask for names of people they know are good people. Then you can ask for the introduction. I do think a lot of companies tend to mess up because they ask, hey, do you have any friends who are looking for a job right now? Well, no, nobody knows that you're actually looking for a job until you leave your job most of the time. They might confide in their friend and say, hey, I'm looking right now. Do you guys have anything over there? But that's usually pretty rare. Referrals are such a powerful tool, just getting names of people and then getting an introduction or getting some sort of contact information from them. That gives you the ability to at least reach out to them cold and just say, hey, look at Joe over here says you're good. We should talk. Yeah, for sure. So in terms of hiring process, so I've got my uh, core technical team be part of the interview process. So we bring a, a new person in, have them spend about two hours with with our technical team and they put them through the paces you know they've got some defective boards say listen can you find where this thing is off make sure that the skills match up what's on the resume versus real you're listening to the higher power radio show i'm your host rick gerard for our podcast listeners we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find a list of resources and you'll find a link to order your copy of Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your guide to landing the strongest talent for your company. Our guest today is Ashish Rampal. He is the CEO of All Imaging Systems. We just talked a little bit about where to fish, the right pools to fish in. And now we're going to talk a little bit more. He started to bring up the hiring process. We're going to delve a little bit more into that and get in more detail. So let's talk about how we fix this problem. You started to talk about how you're actually doing exercises with people when you bring them in for an interview. But I want to take it back just a little bit because I think you can get a really good sense of how good a person is just on that phone call, that initial phone call, that discovery call, as I call it. You might call it a phone screen. And just delving into or getting somebody to tell you about maybe the most significant impact that they made in their current role or a project that they took on that they gained recognition for from leadership or it saved time or increased revenue for the company. So what you're looking for here is something that's above and beyond what their job is. Because A players and really strong people, they can tell you exactly what they did, how they did it, and the steps they took to do it. Usually people who are not A players, maybe C's and B's, tend to hide in the details. And I think in that phone screen, the details definitely matter. You've kind of given some real insights on even how to craft your questions. Because I've been used to having the resume beside me and say, tell me about your role in, which is, you know, 
a great camouflage for B players. They can hide, right? Unless you don't ask pointed questions. Well, the other thing is too, people are prepared for that. So when you say, walk me through your resume, they've already done that 10 or 15 or 20 or 100 times. So you, you want to gather information that's outside of what their comfort zone is and getting canned answers. And then, you know, the other thing is, I think people tend to take a path of least resistance where they feed you back what they think that you want to hear because we want to get the job for whatever reason. And so I'm going to feed you back what you want to hear. You're going to hear it. And then you're going to move on to the next question rather than testing that question. And that's just basically what we do as entrepreneurs. We do it all the time. We definitely need to get that out to that. So let me ask you a question. How do you craft these questions for candidates where English is not their first language? Like, is there, like, do you break it up? Do you break up the question in a particular pattern? If you're hiring, are you talking about temporary people or full-time Full-time. Okay. You know, someone to be part of your team. Where certainly English you is want not people who language. align with their core values of the company. So you're going to do the behavioral interview questions. You prep them with the questions beforehand and let them know exactly what's going to be asked. And you tell them, hey, look, we're going to dig really deep on here. So make sure you make some notes and write it out because we're very detail-oriented here. And then once you prep them for it, if they're not able to communicate it to you, that might be a strong pass, especially if people can't communicate the work that they've done to you. Yeah, they should be extremely knowledgeable about that. When you get into your car, you put the key in the ignition, you turn it, you look in your mirrors, you adjust your mirrors, you put it in reverse. There's steps to everything that you do. So if I asked you, how do you drive your car over here? I mean, that's exactly probably what you did. So you can explain it to me. I think it's the same with work. And the people who hide don't have details. Let's talk about how we solve this problem. And the problem being that the interview process itself, getting the right skills. You brought up a really interesting problem, which is, hey, I found somebody who's got the right attitude. They fit culturally, but they didn't have transferable skills to bring over to the table that they could build upon. Was it just somebody had a desire to do that work, but they didn't have any of the core competencies that, to get them there? That's it. Yeah, desire, right? High desire, but basics, like um, how to read tools, like the, the uh, values from a oscilloscope or a voltmeter. Uh, what's DC voltage? What's uh, AC voltage? Yeah, and that requires a certain amount of training, right? You know, we are too small to, to do that. And one curious uh, aspect of uh, the skill set that we are looking for is at least over the last 15, 20 years, young people have been working in developing software when they when they talk about technology they've gone and developed software for you know likes of google and facebook ai and stuff like that very few of them have pursued hardware design because a lot of this has been outsourced manufacturing yeah. has been outsourced so all the repair and all the design hardware design skills have gone with them and it's only the big companies like Qualcomm in San Diego or Apple or Cisco who are doing design in-house, but all the manufacturing is outsourced. So yeah. there's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, you don't see a whole lot of people that are tinkering with hardware. It's not like the days of Apple when Wozniak was like building stuff all the time, right? Yeah, that's a real shift that I've seen in my career. I've seen it too. When I first got into recruiting, I placed a lot of hardware and embedded systems engineers. You know, big companies, they are able to invest the time and effort in building up the skill set internally, right? A small company like us, we cannot. 
so how do we solve the problem? There's a few steps that you brought up with me. One was bring complex challenges into the company. Let's talk a little bit about that. My understanding of that is that you're bringing the challenges to test people to ensure that they're going to actually be able to kind of fit within the skill set range? Yeah. So the interesting aspect is as our skill set develops, the kind of work that we do, that gets more complex. So as we build the native knowledge, so part of what we do is we do repair on equipment that we are not the design authority for. So we need the skill set to reverse engineer, to be creative, and to build a native knowledge within the team on how to deal with a board, an electronic board that the team has seen for the first time, right? So as the team skill set develops, the complexity of these engineering challenges increases, which is both fulfilling, but that's another, you know, uh, envelope that we have to push past. Well, it seems to me like you're really looking for those type of roles. You're looking for people who they love electrical engineering, right? Like they love to like work with their soldering iron and pull things apart and rebuild it up. Is that kind of the profile that we're talking about? Yeah, we are. And like, uh, you know, and in, in, both in terms of an attitude and a culture of, I, I strongly believe that where failure is celebrated, is tolerated. And my thinking is that you only fail in doing something difficult, doing something that you know or you're uncomfortable doing. Yeah. You don't fail sitting on a couch. You fail. <laughs> I think you are failing when you're sitting on a couch. So <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> right. You, you fail. I feel like a failure. You, you, you take a fall. Down. You take a tumble when you're trying to learn how to ride a bike, when you're trying to do a trick on a skateboard. But uh, same thing, right? Like if you have the attitude, hey, listen, I'm going to try this. You know, we could ruin a board, but it's worth trying because if we figure it out, we just, the, our capability increases by orders of magnitude. So we're looking for someone who's a risk taker, right? Someone who's open to failing. And failure, in my company, it's celebrated. We start up our stand-up meetings in the morning with, hey, who wants to share a failure? Because you know when people are failing at something, that means they're doing something new. I love it because uh, my stand-up meeting, I'm going to take that, man. I, I love that. So we have, uh, everyone starts with three things. You got to start it, by the way, because you're going to have to start like getting the habit of sharing failures because uh, that's the weirdest part because you know nobody wants to share it. And so like, <laughs> I just would bring up all kinds of stupid things that I try. Oh yeah, well, I scabbed my knee because I figured I'd try and skateboard today. <laughs> I haven't skateboarded in 15 years. So my startup meetings, we start with what's your win? Where do you need help? And what's your priority for today? And if someone doesn't have a win, they need to affirm someone, right? But I like your idea. Hey, listen, where did you fail today? Or this week, at least, you know, like yeah. one thing that you tried. Yeah, just do it once a week. That's always a fun one. What would be the next step after kind of bringing those complex challenges into the company? So that's exactly where, you know, that hire needs to match, right? So not just technical skill set, but also the attitude, right? Yeah. So I think I can hire for the attitude, but I need my team's help in identifying the skill set alignment. One of the things that we've been really successful with is we design these working sessions 
where the person comes in, meets with the team, and they'll sit down for an hour or two hours. Some of our clients do a half a day and they actually pay the person for the half a day, but they work on a real live problem together and they work together as a team to solve it. So it gives you a really good understanding of somebody's communication skills, how they think, how they solve problems, the contribution that they're gonna make in a real life environment. And that's had really tremendous impact on a lot of the companies we work with that have been doing this. Solving a relevant problem and it has value that you're getting like right off the bat. And if somebody's kind of in that environment and they're working together trying to solve a problem, then they can't do it. And it gives you a pretty clear indicator of this probably isn't the right person yeah. for us. So I've started doing something at a smaller scale, which is basically bring them in for a two hour technical interview where the team in the lab gives them an assignment. They know an issue, but you know, if you can do a real life problem. Well, assignment's kind of the same thing, right? It's something that, if it's something that's relevant, I find it interesting when companies give people tests based on something you learned back in college and they expect you to kind of go and write something based on or do something based on something that's not really relevant to the organization. Maybe writing something that makes you, shows how smart you are. Does that really transfer to the work? Ashish, this goes by real quick. We're just about out of time. So what would be two or three key takeaways you can give the audience that they can plug into their business today? Look for different sources of talent, different pools of talent. And um, something that you suggested, you know, I have been putting aside about an hour a week looking at LinkedIn. There's one guy who's in my EO chapter. He does crime scene cleanup and he was having a hard time finding people. I'm like, well, why don't you just go to like Hot Topic or someplace where like goth people hang out? People who, people who like are okay with blood, like maybe go hang out at the hospital or go somewhere around there. And he started doing that and he's been able to kind of find some people. So that's one. And I think to what you just suggested that don't ask for a referral, not crafted in the way of, hey, listen, do you know someone looking for work? Or as opposed to give me a name of someone who's skilled enough like you. I like to make it a game. You can just say, hey, name the top three people that you think are really good at this. Ready, set, go. You have 10 seconds. And sometimes like when I have people on the phone, I'll do that and extract like three or four names out of them, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. It's a fun little task. Ashish, thanks so much for your time investment today. I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of the audience can find you, find out more about your company? I'm on LinkedIn. My email address is arampal at allimaging.com. We are a uh, service company for diagnostic medical imaging. If you know or need any help in diagnostic imaging, call us. We'd love to consult for you. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show is for you, so we want to continue to bring you rich useful content. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. You can drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Nick Livingston. Nick is the co-founder and CEO of Honit Software. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. 
Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Brett Jerome.